Today on Broadway for Friday, April 19th, 2019, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, it's been a while since I've been able to say this, but we've got a crap ton of stuff coming up in the feed over this weekend. I don't exactly know what order or what all of it will be, but there is a lot. I'm going to have some stuff. Jan Simpson's going to have some stuff. I think Jenna Tessa Fox is going to have something. Um, so if you are out there traveling to and for to and fro from places for either your Easter uh, and and or Passover holidays, you will have plenty of Broadway radio to listen Broadway radio to listen to because uh, we got a lot coming down the pike. Over the hills and through the woods, to the grandma's house we go. There you go. All right. <laughs> so you know the Clintons live uh, over the hills and through the woods. <laughs> up in up in, uh, up in uh, Chappaqua. 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 Yeah. Chappaqua, New York. Well, the reviews are in for the uh, Broadway version of Hillary and Clinton. So tell us about that. Well, first off, I have to say, we know that Hillary and sometimes Bill go to a lot of Broadway shows. Yes. James, if you had to lay odds, what are the chances that she shows up to this one? I would think nearly 100%. Oh, really? I would have gone nearly zero. Hmm. Well... Uh, well, let's go through the reviews first, and then we'll talk about my, my reason okay. after. Okay, very good. Um, okay, so this show is uh, the latest work to unite playwright Lucas Hanath with leading lady Laurie Metcalf. Hanath also wrote um, uh, A Doll's House Part Two, which got Laurie Metcalf uh, a Tony Award. It is directed by Joe Mantello, and in addition to Metcalf, stars John Lithgow as the other half of the Clintons uh, in this show. James and the reviews were very good. Ben Brantley from the New York Times made the show a critic's pick, writing, quote, a mighty sigh, equal parts frustration and resignation, seems to animate Hillary and Clinton. Lucas Hines Pequaint, slender new play about well, it's about exactly what and whom its title suggests. This production, which opened on Thursday night at the Golden Theater under the suave direction of Joe Mantello, is indeed a portrait of a marriage between two extremely well-known American politicians. As for that propulsive sigh, it emanates from the title character called Hillary, who spends the surprisingly airy 90 minutes of this show in what might be called a state of angry wistfulness. It is our very good fortune that Hillary is portrayed by Laurie Metcalf, an actress who does being thwarted better than anyone. And make no mistake, though Hillary and Clinton features an excellent John Lithgow as the male half of this power couple, Mr. Hanath's latest offering is ultimately all about Hillary. It is asking us to see the world through the eyes of a woman who ostensibly has all the right stuff to be president and yet is never allowed to win. Marilyn Stasio, writing for Variety, said, quote, if anyone could play Hillary Clinton, it's Laurie Metcalf, and here she is in Lucas Hanay's Hillary and Clinton, giving a performance that feels painfully honest and true. And if anyone could capture Bill Clinton's feckless but irresistible charm, that would be John Lithgow, and here he is, too. Who better to work with these actors sounding the depths of these iconic figures than director Joe Mantello, who is also on deck? Adam Feldman from Time Out New York gave it four out of five stars, writing, quote, like Hanesa Doll's House Part 2, this play is also a portrait of a complicated marriage, loving but not fully satisfying, and of a woman's attempts to define herself beyond it. Her agitation is adeptly con uh, contrasted with Bill's wounded slickness and the smooth confidence of her primary opponent, Barack Obama. Directed firmly and dryly by Joe Mantello, Hillary and Clinton is cogent, 
snappy, and perceptive about political and emotional realities. Much of the ground it covers might seem old to those who follow the news, but the play has now, as it could not have had in 2016, a looming sense of tragedy. Its final line, a shiv to the gut, sends you out hurting into the universe outside the theater where we somehow find ourselves now. James, you know this trip that I may or may not be taking after the Tony Awards? Oh, you're coming. I went ahead and bought a ticket to a rare Thursday matinee to see the show <laughs> just in case I'm coming uh, because it's a Thursday matinee. How could I not? They created yeah. the Thursday matinee for you. Yeah, well, they know how to get me because uh, uh, if I can cram <laughs> more things into a trip, you know I'm going to do it. But um, I said at the beginning that uh, like when this first started, if you remember, James, I said this is one that people who saw early previews were saying could be a dark horse for the best play, Tony. I don't know if that's the case now. I don't think it has got that momentum, but it still sounds like it is definitely worthy of a nomination and is definitely a show that is going to be – um, a must-see for the season, even if it's not going to rise necessarily to the level of either The Ferryman or To Kill a Mockingbird or even what the Constitution means to me in terms of the buzz. Uh, I don't know how you could go wrong with seeing this collection of talent on a Broadway stage in what seems like a really, really good play. So I think you've covered it right there. I think, uh, you know, it's a must-see and Hillary sees everything. Now... I, yeah, but, it, it, I a bit mean, awkward being the stories yeah. about you and your it's on stage and thing like that. But she also, I think, has a good sense of humor about herself and a realistic point of view. Yeah. And if it's not mean and it doesn't sound like it's mean, I think that she'll go and see it. Yeah, I. The one thing is, is that this is not a. It's not meant to be a historically accurate show. Um, there's something you know. It, the one um, connection that I'm making to it, um, which is probably completely absurd since I haven't seen it, but is Sunday in the Park with George. In the first act of Sunday in the Park with George, George Surratt is a real person. But nothing mm -hmm. in Sunday in the Park with George is based on reality. Yeah. Now, obviously, more of Hillary and Clinton is based on real events. But what they are doing is using the characters and using the situation to expound on deeper ideas than just – you know, a history play like uh, like yeah. like William Shakespeare would write. So I think that might help. But still, man, that's got to be awkward. It's not like it's not like beautiful or the share show when it's about you, but like telling your life story and you were involved. This just seems I would be uncomfortable with it. Hillary obviously has a much higher threshold for uncomfortableness as anybody who runs for public office would have. But it would be totes uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Maybe she'll take Sean Hannity. They'll go to a Thursday matinee. I can I, – I would guarantee that that's not going to happen. I feel very confident that that will not happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Another off-Broadway show announces plans to transfer to Broadway. Yeah, James. Uh, we actually talked about the possi possibility of this a few mm -hmm. weeks ago when it closed at the Public Theater. But yesterday, the dual monologues Seawall and A Life announced that they would be coming to Broadway's Hudson Theater for two months later this summer, complete with its off-Broadway stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge returning. Carrie Cracknell directs the monologues by C Simon Stevens and Nick Payne. When the show ran at the public earlier this year, Gyllenhaal earned a Drama League nomination already and Sturridge Earned a Lortel nom. Obviously, there's more nominations that they will be eligible for still to come. The show will come to the Hudson from July 26th through September 29th. And I am told that despite the August 8th official opening, there is 
a very, very slim chance of it extending. And if it does, it won't be for more than a week or so. Um, and I have heard that despite this two month run, they will be inviting Tony voters. Unlike the last time that Hall played the Hudson in the aforementioned Sunday in the park with George. Now, James, I, uh, I asked this question to our friend, Oliver Henry Roth, who full disclosure is going to be a producer on this show. Um, I asked him, how the production anticipates it being classified for the Tonys. Obviously, Oliver is a is, is a Tony fanatic. Um, Simon Stevens Seawall is more than a decade old, but Payne's A Life is brand new. So I'm assuming, James, that since this is the first time that they are being performed on Broadway together, that that would make them a new play, right? Because it's kind of similar to like they, th- this rule that we talked about earlier this week or last week where shows that are substantially changed – can be eligible for the playwright to get of Tony. Obviously, it's not the exact correlation, but I would imagine this is substantially different enough than the show on its own to say, yes, this evening is a new play. I think maybe a closer correlation might be Falsetto Land and March of the Falsettos. And, uh, maybe. Uh, and I think that it'll be considered new. But um, more concerning to me about this is that uh, the official title is Seawall... Backslash a life. Is it backslash or forward, forward slash. slash? Forward slash. Forward I think. Slash. It, I, I think. No, is it backslash or? You're the tech person. You should know the differences between the slashes, James. It starts the on the bottom left. Embarrassment. Yeah. Ends on the upper right. Seawall will figure out which direction slash a life. Hmm. I guess. Uh, that we, we should have some type typographists on to uh, talk about this. Totally. Oliver, get with the production. Make sure we clear this up because I want to make sure I'm giving it the right punctuation credit. All right. What's up in other news? (laughs) All right. First up, last night in the New York Post, Michael Riedel reported that when one of the most buzzed about shows of the season, the Lehman Trilogy, closes on Sunday at the Park Avenue Armory, it might not be the end of its time in New York. The three stars, Simon Russell Beale, Adam Godley, and Ben Miles, will take the show back home to London for 12 weeks in the West End over the summer. And if and only if they are up for an extended Broadway run, will it make the trek back across the pond? Apparently, Sam Mendez is not interested in casting and rehearsing three new actors. Uh, it is a beast of a play for anyone to learn. So the only way that the Lehman Brothers are coming back to New York is if all three are game to go through that five or do that three and a half hour sprint all over again for a minimum of a six month run. Now, turning to shows that we know will definitely be playing New York next season. Yesterday, MCC announced additional shows that will be joining their 2019-2020 season. On the list will be the world premiere of the new musical The Wrong Man, written by Ross Gullen, a a multi-platinum songwriter. Tommy Kale will direct, and Alex Lacamoire will orchestrate. So you think you can dance favorite and Broadway vet Travis Wall. Uh, I think he's a Broadway vet. I take that back. I don't know if he's a Broadway vet. Um, But so you think you can dance uh, Emmy nominee Travis Wall will choreograph. The show will open the season from September 18th through the 27th. Then running from October 3rd through November 10th will be the New York premiere of Teresa Rebeck's Seer, directed by Moritz von Stupenagel. Love his hand, his name. Then from February 6th through March 15th, the world premiere of C.A. Johnson's All the Natalie Portmans, directed by Kate Wariski. I love Natalie Portman, so I want to see this. Then from March 19th through April 26th, the world premiere of Nollywood Dreams by Jocelyn Bio, directed by Sahim Ali. And finally, to round out the list, Thomas Sadowski will direct Lucy Thurber's Perry Street from June 4th through July 12th of 2020. 
also so, announced yes. Oh, go ahead. Travis Wall was in the yes. uh, ensemble of The Music Man on Broadway in okay. uh, 2000. I he, yeah, I thought he was started his career because uh, him and um, oh, Lisa Goldberg is going to kill me. Who's the, the choreographer for Head Over Heels and Falsettos? Um, well, there was a Head Over Heels on Broadway in eight, 1918. Did you know that? I did not. <laughs> Music by Jerome Kern. Uh, book by Edgar Allan Wolf and lyrics Edgar Allan Wolf. Uh, a musical in t- two acts, three scenes. That is one year after the Broadway premiere of a Broadway show called Hamilton. By the way, ah, the other head over here. Spencer Liff. I figured it out. Spencer Liff. How could I forget that? another? So you can, so you think you can dance, guy. I get him confused. I apologize. <laughs> All right. So I interrupted uh, the middle yes. of your thing. That's all right. Okay, so also announced yesterday, uh, Hannah Gadsby's Douglas has announced an extension at the Daryl Roth Theater and will now play through August 24th. Uh, We haven't mentioned this one before, and I'm not sure why. Gadsby's last stand-up special uh, was on Netflix, and it's called uh, Nanette. And if you didn't hear about it, that probably means that your head was in the sand or under a rock because it swept – um, all of the social media stuff for a long time has won awards. It was a breakthrough success for Hannah. So get your tickets while you can. And finally, in more disappointing news, James, Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage commented about working on the supposedly upcoming Michael Jackson musical. Baz Bomaboy from London's Daily Mail tweeted that Nottage, quote, said she believed abuse accusers Robson and Safechuck and wants the show to reflect someone who was, quote, a genius but immensely flawed. I, I loved Lynn Nottage, but um, can we take back her time 100 thing? Because uh, <laughs> that's not a that's not a take that I'm a, a big fan of right there. It, no comments. No comment is super easy to say. Mm. Uh, did you ask me if I saw Nanette on Netflix? I, I did not. But James, did you see Nanette on uh, on Netflix? No, no, I did not see Nanette. Oh, Jesus, James. Okay. Not even close to 20 minutes. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? (laughs) All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. As Matt said, there's tons of stuff happening on Broadway Radio this weekend. We know for sure that Jan Simpson's going to be in your ears on uh, Saturday morning. And uh, Matt and Jenna will uh, try to drop you in when you can. And uh, Michael Portant here, Peter Felicia, and I will be on Sunday on This Week on Broadway talking about our week of seeing the uh, <laughs> number of shows. And uh, Matt and I will be back or, and talk with you on Monday. What? Or seeing parts of number of shows. Hmm. 